go. So here's the truth. This morning, a lot of you all, your mamas tried, but it didn't work. <laughs> but I guess they decided today they would pick the mama's boy to preach on Mother's Day. <laughs> but happy Mother's Day. Today we want to give thanks to all the mothers in this room. We're so thankful for you, the impact that you have in our lives. We want to give all the mothers this morning a hand. <clears throat> but I'm a mama's boy, I'm not going to lie. Raise your hand this morning if you're a mama's boy or girl in this room. Anybody? I ask, I ask Remy, my daughter, who she loves. And she always says this. I love mama and I love you too, daddy. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Why? Because moms are mom and moms and dads are not. And what God has instilled in you, we men are missing. And when I grew up, what I would call that is a heart. Us men tend to be missing that. And, you know, I'd get hurt or I'd fall off my bicycle on, you know, my knee skinned or cut my hand or whatever it is. And I come in and I'm just crying as a kid and my dad's like, spit on it, put some dirt in it, and go back outside and play. And my mom, she's the sympathetic, oh honey, you know, she'll take care of me. But on this Mother's Day, contrary to public opinion, women are different than men. In Psalms 139, it says this, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. God de designed you, he created you, he made you. He made you a woman because he wanted you to be a woman and he made me because he wanted me to be a man. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made, not by accident, we are not an accident, we are a part of God's plan. And in Genesis 1, 27, he says this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Women and men are different, and that's how God created us. It's not a bad thing, thank goodness that we are. One is not better than the other, but we are who God has created us to be. And today I'm thankful that he created many of you to be moms, to be mothers. If not, many of us men would be up a creek without a paddle. But we are a part of God's plan. And when our daughter, when our daughter's sick, when she wants uh, to even go to bed at night, you know, I try to help put her to bed. It just doesn't usually work because she'll just say she wants mama. And when she's sick, especially, she wants her mother. Now, when I'm sick, my wife wants to send me to my mama's. <laughs> Some of y'all like amen. But this world wants a woman to be defined by her looks, by what cl size clothes she wears, a money, a career, but it's so much more than that. In my life, I have been greatly affected in so many positive ways by godly women and mothers in my life. I think of my granny, my mom's mom, her name's Nancy. 
Her whole life, she has put others' needs before herself. Loved and was faithful to my, my granddaddy who passed away a few years ago. Her kids and our family are blessed because of her faithfulness to the Lord. The godly example that she has set for our family. Now, in the status and the standards of this world, you would just say that she is a country farm lady. But I would say that she was rich in what matters. This morning, you know, I couldn't help but think of when I prepared for this of Pat Dunham. Dan Dunham here on the front row, his wife that passed away. She never had kids, but was a mother to so many. A servant, a godly woman. She was a spiritual mother to so many. A woman that you would want praying for you. And I asked to pray for me numerous times. You know, my wife, Lauren, I met her when she was going to Eastern Kentucky University and uh, she was going to become a teacher. And she became a teacher and taught for a while and uh, got a master's in special education. And we decided a few years ago that she was going to stay home for a season and homeschool our kids. And, you know, we could probably have a little bit more money every month and stuff like that if she decided to work. But we decided that we wanted to take this season for her to be home with them. And my wife was beautiful. But she's just as beautiful on the inside because she loves the Lord with all her heart. She serves our family and our kids, and we are blessed. And when I think of her and so many mothers today in this room, it says this, Proverbs 31.30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. It says, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Man, if you have one of those women in your life, give thanks for her. In today's world, sadly, most don't fear the Lord. Now, I'm thankful that here at Nineveh, we are the exception because we have many godly women who fear the Lord. As I prepared this message and I thought through scripture and, and stories that I've read and studied, I started to try to think of women through the Bible that were, that were godly mothers, that were examples, and there's numerous mothers that stuck out, stuck out to me, but uh, there's a few that I wanted to hit on today. The first mother that I thought of would be the first one that you hit is your open scripture. Of course, kind of the mother that started it all would be Eve. She was the first mother in scripture. Eve experienced fellowship with God before sin entered the world, before the fall. She probably knew God more intimately than any other woman in the Bible. She and Adam lived in the garden. Of course, you know that they spoiled it by listening to Satan instead of God. And Eve suffers terrible grief when her son Cain murders his brother Abel. Yet in all these tragedies, Eve went on to fulfill her part in God's plan by populating the earth. Genesis 3.20 says this. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. From this one woman, God would populate the earth. You could say she played a pretty important role in us being here today. As I continue to think of other mothers, another mother in scripture that stood out to me was Sarah the wife of Abraham. You could say she was one of the most important women in the Bible. 
She was the wife of Abraham, which made her the mother of the nation of Israel. She shared in Abraham's journey to the promised land and all the promises that God would fulfill there. Yet Sarah, Sarah couldn't have kids. She was barren, and she became an old woman. And in Genesis 21, turn with me, it says this, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, Abraham, in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said Abraham and Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. She conceived through a miracle, and in spite of her old age, Sarah was a wife that was loyal to her husband and fulfilled and obeyed and was a part of God's plan. And her faith serves as an example this morning that many times we have to have patience. Many times we have to wait on God, that God's timing is not our timing. That even for her in this situation, she thought she would never have that child, but God was faithful to her. Another mother that I, that I thought of as I was thinking of different situations of, of women in Scripture that were truly obedient to God and really trusted God and had faith. One of them was the mother of Moses. I thought about the mother of Moses. Her name was Jehokeb, and she was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. I believe she is one of the underappreciated mothers in the Bible. Yet she had such tremendous faith in God. You see, there was a new king in Egypt that came to power who was under no obligation to honor Joseph and what he did in Egypt and the special arrangements that they had with the Israelites. And so the new king was worried about all the Hebrews outnumbering and overtaking the Egyptians. So he made them slaves. And he also commanded the Hebrew midwives to kill Hebrew baby boys when they were born. But there were many women that were faithful to God and even against great pressure and risk of their life, they would not obey. Pharaoh gave even a decree in Exodus 1.22, it says this, every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So let's see what happens. Exodus 2, starting in verse 1, you can turn with me. It says this, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she, Moses' mother, became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. 
And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket along the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. And she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This was one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. To avoid mass slaughter of Hebrews, the babies, Moses' mother puts this small baby in the Nile River in a basket, hoping and trusting that God would be faithful. And God so worked that her baby was found by Pharaoh's daughter, not an accident, but God's provision. Jehoiakim would even become her own son's nurse, ensuring that Israel's great leader would grow up under the godly influence of his mother during the most formative years. God always has a plan, and his plan always prevails. God used Moses mightily to free the Hebrew people, you know, from 400 years of slavery and bondage. And hundreds of years later, the writer of Hebrews pays tribute to Moses' family. It says this in Hebrews eleven twenty three: by faith, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Church, they had faith. Moses' parents trusted God. They believed he is who he says he is, that he is the God that will provide. And this mother's faith allowed her to see the importance of saving her child's life so that he might in turn save his people. Although little is written about Jehoiakim in the Bible, her story speaks powerfully to mothers and all of us here today that we must walk by faith and that we must trust the Lord. As I was thinking through these mothers in Scripture, there's one story that I've always loved. I think it's a powerful story. I can't imagine being in her shoes, and it's the story of Hannah. It's one of the most touching stories in the Bible. Like several other mothers in the Bible, she knew what it meant to suffer, to have barrenness. And in Psalms and 1 Samuel 1, starting in verse 9, turn with me as we look at this story. It says this, once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord 
for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. And she kept on praying to the Lord, and Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, but her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. And Eli thought she was drunk, and he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Many of you know the story. God is faithful. Hannah is given a child. The question is, is she going to be faithful and obey her commitment to God once she has this child that she always wants? She's always wanted this child, and now that she has it, it's real easy to say, well, God, I told you that then. There's a lot of deals I'm sure many of you have made in life, and then on the other side of you, are like, I don't really know if I want to follow through with that. And in 1 Samuel 1, starting in verse 26, let's see her response. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull, but the sa- for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. And I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. What faith. She honored her words. She honored her words when she had said that I will give him back to the Lord for all the days of his life. She was a woman that kept her word. It would have been easy to say, I know I said I would give my son to the Lord, but God, he's my only son. But she was honorable and truthful. And Hannah's sacrifice did not go unnoticed by God. God is always faithful. Let's see what God does. In 1 Samuel 2, 21, it says this, And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. And she gave birth to a son Samuel, then did something entirely selfless to honor her promise to God. God favored Hannah with five more children, bringing great blessings to her life. Church, God is faithful. But many times, this is in your notes, I do not want us to miss this this morning. Many times the blessings flow from our faithfulness. The blessings flow from our faithfulness. You're going to start to see this common denominator through these stories, that the blessing flowed from their faithfulness to God. And I couldn't think of all these mothers without thinking of Mary, the mother of Jesus. 
Mary is one of the most honored mothers in the Bible, the mother of Jesus who saved the world from its sins. And although she was young, Mary accepted God's will for her life. Let's see how she reacts when God asks her to do something extraordinary. In Luke 1.26, turn with me, it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And don't miss Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What faith. You're going to have a baby. She knows she's never been with a man. She knows that Joseph might leave her. She knows what everybody else is going to think about her, what others are going to say. Yet what is her response? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I pray that we would have that kind of faith and trust and obedience to God. And we know the rest of the story, but we are starting to see this common denominator with all of these mothers. Their faith and trust in the Lord, their obedience, though it might seem small, was big. There's one other mother that came to my mind because of her obedience, because of what God was going to ask her to do and special rules she was going to have to follow. And she really had to trust God completely and do everything he said. It's a mother that we don't even know her name, except that she was a mother. It is the mother of Samson. In Judges 13, 2, it says this, a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites, it says this, he had a wife who was childless and able to give birth. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. He said, now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean because you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel 
from the hand of the Philistines. And this mother completely obeyed God. You know the story of Samson and his struggles, but how God still uses him. But here's the truth. It all started with the obedience of a mother. It started with the obedience of a mother and a woman who obeyed the Word of God, who trusted the Word of God, one who believed that God is who He says He is, to completely obey and trust Him. And I've realized that this is this common denominator between all of these women. They weren't perfect, but they trusted and obeyed the Lord. And what did Mary say? She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And I pray that we have this kind of response today in our lives. I think it's a few down. We kind of put it in the wrong order on the notes. But it's today what this is titled, Yes, Lord. Our response in any and every situation in our life should be, Yes, Lord. God told Samson's mother, Never cut his hair. You're going to have to give this kid a special diet. Even if he says he really wants to cut his hair and it's getting really long, mom, all the kids are looking at me funny. No, you're never going to cut his hair. Yes, Lord. Hannah, give your child back to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Moses' mother, yes, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put him in a basket in a river. Because I believe you are the God who provides. Mary, yes, Lord, I'm going to trust you, Lord. And my question this morning to all of us in this room is, right now in your life, in any and every situation that you are facing, that you are dealing with right now, if God has been convicting you in a certain area of your life, if you feel like God's been telling you to do something, is your response to God being Yes, Lord. Now, God, are you sure? God, I'm going to keep praying about that. I really don't know about that. Or God, that doesn't make sense. Or God, I can't afford that. Or God, that's not possible. Or or, that's really too big. Or God, you know how busy I am. I really don't have time for that. No, the answer in our response is yes, Lord. I am the Lord's servant. May your will to me be fulfilled. See, in Luke 18, 27, Jesus says this, what is impossible with man? What is impossible with man is possible with God. What seems impossible in your life right now? The family situation that you're facing, the situation with your kids, the situation at work, whatever it might be financially. Yeah, it it might be impossible in the ways of this world, but it's not impossible for our God. Whatever you're dealing with, sickness or illness or whatever it is with a loved one. Yes, it's, it's huge and it's big. But it's not too big for our God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Stop putting God in a box. He is the creator of the universe. He is the one who breathed life into Adam. He is the one who created you. He is the one who formed us in our mother's womb. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use me. And he wants you to be a part of his plan. But it requires faith. It requires us in these situations in our life saying, yes, Lord. And maybe 
It's been a maybe, Lord, from you. And you know what I'm talking about. There's several areas in your life that it's really hard to just fully surrender. It's really hard to just fully let go. And today he wants us to fully surrender, to say, yes, Lord, to him I surrender. White flag, God, I am yours. Because he wants us to realize that nothing is too big for him. And many of you in this room, I don't think you can imagine or fathom what God can do in and through your life if you'll just say yes. I think that there's some of you that on the other side of you saying yes to God, you can't imagine how big the plans that he has for you, how big the things he's going to call you to do, what he wants to do through your family, what he wants to do through your kids. But it's right on the other side of you saying yes and totally surrendering. And so many miss out on that because they're not willing to fully surrender to him. Today, what do you need to say yes to? Maybe it's your schedule. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's even serving here in the church. I don't know what that is for you. But no matter what it is, it's yes, Lord. Second Chronicles, I love this passage. In Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says this. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts, church, are fully committed to him. Those who are fully, not halfway, not a little bit, those whose hearts are fully, those whose hearts say, yes, Lord. Many versions say those whose hearts are undivided. You can't love both God and money. You can't love both God and this world. You can't love both God and pursue everything else and him not be the main focus. He wants to use you. He wants to strengthen you. But is your heart fully committed and undivided to him? Is there no other gods before him in your life? When it doesn't make sense, are you going to trust and obey him? When the world says, there's no way that's possible, that, you, that just, you put that down on paper, that can't happen. And God says, I am Yahweh. I am the God who provides. And the world is watching. Your kids are watching this morning. Today, mothers on this Mother's Day, ladies in this room who maybe you've never had a child, but you are a mother to so many, the world needs to see your godly example. They need to see your obedience to Christ. They need to see women who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because right now, there's a lot of women out there that are being really loud and proud for everything except Christ. You can go to the news this week and you're going to see girls protesting outside of courthouses and everything else for a right to kill a baby. And I pray that we would be those who are faithful and stand on the Word of God and we would have women of God that stand on the Word of God on this Mother's Day and set example to so many of these kids. Men today in this room on Mother's Day, thank God today that you have a woman in your life who fears the Lord and follows him. Give thanks. Today, may our response be like Mary's. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Yes, Lord. Because the blessing flows from our faithfulness. 
God has some big things in store for so many of you right on the other side of you saying, yes, Lord, and totally surrendering to him. The blessing flows from what we have done with what we have been given. With what we have been done, with what we have been given. There's a passage that kept coming to my mind this week. I'd already wrote my message, but uh, for some reason this kept coming back to me that I was supposed to close with this passage. And I believe that it's, that it's powerful and it's so true in these last days because God has given us all something in this room. But this morning as, you read, as I read this, this passage of the parable of the talents, I want you to ask yourself, which one of these are you? As I read this parable, I want you to ask yourself, what are you doing with what you have been given? So you can turn with me. I'm going to read this Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. And to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received the one bag, he went off and he dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master of those servants, he returned and he settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of goats. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in the master's happiness. And the man with two bags of gold, he also came in. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in the master's happiness. But then, the man who received the one bag of gold. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I've not sown and gathered where I've not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. 
and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Today, Corey and the band's gonna come out. But today, here's the truth. Just like that story I just read, there's a master. He's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. And he came and lived on this 33 years on this earth. And he died and he rose again and he ascended to heaven. And when he left, he said, I'm coming back. But the next time that I come, I'm going to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm going to be on a white horse. And when he comes back, church, he is going to settle accounts. When he comes back, he's going to settle accounts with each one of us. And today in this room, he has given us all something. It doesn't matter if you're a mother or a father or a teenager, whoever you might be. He has given you life and he has placed you where you are in this world for such a time as this. He's placed you in the family, in the circle that you are, in this church, where your job is, wherever it is. He has placed you there for such a time as this. But he's placed you there for his glory and his honor. And he's going to come back and he's going to see what you have been doing with what you have been given. Because he says, to whom much is given, much will be expected. And the blessing will flow from our faithfulness. Our daily choice every day when we wake up to say, yes, Lord, no longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. Today, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, it's no longer that I live, but you that live in and through me. Whatever you want to do, God, I am yours. Today, is that your life? What have you done with what you have been given? Because he is coming, and he will settle accounts. And it says, many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, and on that day, it'll be too late. Scripture says that today is the day of salvation. Maybe there's some of you that you have never said, yes, Lord. You have never surrendered to him for the first time. You have never asked him to come into your heart. You have never been baptized. Today is the day that you need to give him control of your life. Maybe there's some of you that years ago you said, yes, Lord, but you've kind of took back the reins and it's become more of a maybe, Lord. And there's areas and there's, there's sides of your life where you truly ain't going to surrender because that would require things to get a little harder, to, to not be as comfortable, to have to change. And today he is maybe calling you to say, yes, Lord, in any and every area of your life to fully surrender to him. But today I pray that we say yes and we surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So whenever that day is that he comes back and he settles accounts, that he would be able to look at the church and of a Christian church and he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with those few things. Come see what I have prepared for you. And on that day, anything that you have lost in this world will seem so small compared to what he has prepared for you. Today, we're going to have a time of invitation. You can stand. And I pray that this morning we would all say, yes, Lord.